A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the Drink Talking with the Thinking Drinkers, Ben McFarland and Tom Sandon. And mistress of wine, Sam Caporn. All the booze, news and views. From absent to Zinfandel. Tall tales and cocktails. Hello and welcome to It's the Drink Talking. I'm Sam Caporn, aka the Mistress of Wine, and I'm joined by two lovely chaps. On my immediate right is Tom. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hiya. And anything else you want to add? Uh, no, my name's Tom Sandham. I'm one of the thinking drinkers, and I like to talk about and drink spirits predominantly, so that's what I'm here today to do. Although today I'm doing Legend of Liquor, aren't I? Yeah, Sam, you are so. indeed. And then you're joined by your partner, Ben. Yeah, he is a partner of sorts, business partner. But I have desires to be more than that. More than the secretary. Yeah, admin. Uh, my name is Ben McFarland. I'm one and a half of the Thinking Drinkers. Thinking Drinkers have a show. I don't know if you've ever mentioned that before. A comedy show which we tour around the country, doing Nationwide Tour, London, Luton, all the big places. And uh, I talk about beer, Melum, Melum, which I believe the ticket sales are not quite as strong as we'd hoped. Come on, people of Melum. Melum, uh, what's the uh, spell it? M-I-L-L-O-M. Yes, in Cumbria, I think. Oh, yeah, which cool. is lovely. La beautiful part of the world. Mm, wonderful part of the world. Go for a walk and then watch Thinking Drinkers. No. Go for a walk and go home, it would seem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go and see oh. us. Anyway, um, so that's what we're doing. And I'm going to talk about beer. And we're going to do a lovely tasting of some beers from God's own country. Lovely. Where's that? Well, I'll tell you when it comes to my bit. Okay, lovely. In that case, let's push on. Yes. Um, I am doing this week's uh, Spit and Swallow, and I'm going to start with my spit. Oh, what is it, um, Sam? Well, you know what? I pride myself on not being in any way a wine snob, and I really do think I'm not. However, there's one thing, slash two, that um, does get my goat, and I'm witnessing it far more in this rather warm weather. See if you can guess what it is. You can't drink red wine in the sunshine? No. Is it rosé? Something to do with rosé? Is it people are just drinking wearing bad clothes? People are not chilling white wine. Kind of. Basically, it's people putting ice cubes in their Uh, wine. Drives me crazy. A, ice cubes in wine, and B, spritzers. Yeah, I was going to say, surely ice is all right if you have a spritzer, because you've already yeah, diluted it. Wine, yeah, so. I don't really understand it. Uh, the amount of people go, oh, my wine's too warm. I'll shove a load of ice cubes in 
A, have you not heard of those ice cubes that are reusable that don't dilute your drink? Mm. The little plastic cubes. Lakeland have 16 reusable fruits for a mere £3.99 or reusable ice cubes, 24 for £5.79. If you want to snazz it up a bit, you can get some steel ice cubes for like 30 quid. Beautiful, like metal ones that you can put in they your drink. They look like little dice. They, they look like little die. dice. Die. And they're quite cute. And we will on stage. But I night. just don't get it. It's like, if it's hot... Possibly you have a, what's called a fridge or a freezer mm. or an ice bucket or I referenced before a, the Corkacle and you get those sleeves. Mm. There's just so many things you can do to keep your drink cool. What's, Basically, yeah. put ice cubes in your wine and you dilute the wine and you're going to be left with a watery wine. Just wait 10 minutes, stick it in the freezer. Or what? fill an ice bucket up. Maybe just drink a beer instead. Or if you're worried about the alcohol, <laughs> just gonna, have a lower alcohol just say drink. you're the wine person? You shouldn't be just be going, <laughs> I drink it. Basically, I would rather have a beer than a watered-down wine. Because mm. a watered-down wine is going to taste a cack. So mm. just don't bother. Obviously, it is all down to personal preference. If wine is too strong for you or you have a raw intolerance to alcohol, there obviously are situations and reasons why someone might you're want... Driving. You're driving. Well, again... Probably don't. Or just have one really nice glass and then stick to water. Mm. Have a water chaser. A water chaser. I'm a big fan of one and one, but I just don't get it. For me, I drink wine because I love the taste of it. Like, it's delicious. You know, I don't drink loads of it because of health, calories, da 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 But basically, when I have a glass of wine, I'm not drinking to get hammered. Mm. Mm. I'm drinking it because it's delicious and civilised and it's a nice thing too. It's funny because you don't see wine used in the world of cocktails what we see vermouth, mm. obviously, which is a wine. They use wines in mm. there. But you were keen to say I'm not a snob at the start yeah. of this bit. But it does seem like quite a sacred thing that you don't you don't muck about with wine really, do you? It's just no. it is what it okay, is and enjoy but, it. But let's just say it is a seven pound bottle yeah. of wine. Now we would be lying to our listeners if you suggested that that can't be in some way diluted or Manipulated for one's enjoyment because really you're not talking about a particularly good wine. Seven but, pounds. Seven quid. Oh, all right. Yeah. Five pounds. Think, yeah, you can cheaper. get wine for three look, ninety nine, look, okay. mate. Trust me. Uh, yes, <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying is that you could have a shandy. Yeah. You could mm. have a, yeah. a whiskey with water. But whiskey connoisseurs would they get their knickers in a twist about serving it with ice or water. But with wine, you're like, well, it's seven quid. I want to enjoy it. Well, I think what I'm saying is, if it's for temperature control. That's no excuse. Use an ice bucket, use a mm. fridge, use these ice things. You know when you're going to be drinking a wine. You're go- mm. Yeah, and people are like, oh, my, my wine's, you know, yeah, my wine's just a bit too warm. What I'm going to chuck ice in. in a pub? Well, in a pub, you want a glass of wine, but you're going to get potentially not the best wine in a glass, and you're going to be there. You've you ordered a glass of white wine in a pub in the summer. It needs to be chilled. They need yeah. to have got their... Stuff. They need to have their fridges working, which they should do. The best cocktail bars, when they serve up their cocktails, they'll give them in chilled cocktail glasses that have been mm. in the freezer yeah. so they've frosted, and that keeps you the temperature right for the duration of your I drink. I just said to my husband the other day, I said, we, we want to get a new freezer. The excitement in the Cape Horn household, we really need one. And I said, I want to give a whole shelf dedicated to glassware so yeah. that we always yeah. have cold champagne glasses, wine glasses, tumblers, yeah. beer glasses, because a, a cold glass is good. But, yeah, I mean, that was it. it just yeah, If it's too warm, plan ahead. If you actually, you're, you're, you know, you're being responsible or what have you, and obviously it's fine. I would suggest drink less wine, drink more water, and drink the wine as it's meant to be. Okay. So that's, that's my spit. Then my swallow, it's a kind of a, encapsulates a couple of things, but I think I'll call it innovation. So I went to Portugal recently on 
a little trip. <laughs> For the listeners, Sam just missed her chair and wobbled a bit. <laughs> we haven't had a drink yet. So Vesa went to Portugal recently to learn about the production of cork. Ah. And uh, it was very interesting. And I learned quite a lot of different things. But um, a couple of things I found quite interesting. One of which is the whole marrying of art and science and history. So I met up with an um, old friend yesterday who I haven't seen since about 18. And we were talking about how when we were at school, there's no mobile phones, there was no internet. And you know, if you went to a party or something and someone didn't turn up, you couldn't track them. Mm. Basically, how much has changed even since we were at school to now. And then you have something like wine, which is still quite romantic and it's, you know, it's been made for hundreds and hundreds of years and, um, you know, really marries sort of art and science. But what's quite interesting in the cork industry is they've had to really pull their socks up because in the um, sort of 1990s, the screw caps came on the scene and people were saying, you know, cork is dead and and doing little kind of fake funerals for it. And then um, two things I learned when I was in Portugal, which I thought were really interesting, was that when I was doing my Master of Wine, no one really understood kind of how wine aged and also how oxygen gets into the bottle. So if you think about it, uh, lots of really expensive red wines will all be bottles with a cork. And everyone kind of understands that that is the best closure for a smart red wine. But no one really understands why. And then recently they found out. Because when you push a cork into the bottle of wine it's got millions and millions and millions of cells in it and some oxygen gets released get into in. the wine through the through actual process. application of shoving the cork in. So that is good for the oxygenisation. Yeah. Yeah. A little, just a very little yeah, amount. Small amount. Because I always thought it, that it was because it was in fact an imperfect closure. No. And that bit by bit over the years enough oxygen got in to ameliorate the, yeah. the wine which, but uh, not enough to make it Right, which I think, and that's, which is what was the complication because I think basically certain Stelvin screw caps are totally impermeable like nothing yeah. can get in. So is that good? Is it is it bad? And the same with cork. There's kind of an understanding that maybe somehow it is a different closure and something's getting in. And you have different grades of cork. So if you had like a premium natural cork, you know, nothing should be able to get in. So what's interesting is they finally found out fairly recently that it's the it's the oxygen is coming in from, from within the actual cork and inserting it into so the bottle. So it's because the cork gets squeezed and it yeah. pushes it out. Like a little, like a little fart, like, like a, a cork little fart. accordion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like now, the accordion. The wine geek, um, <laughs> the wine geek in me found, found that really fascinating because I'd never... That had never been understood. And I met this amazing R&D guy at one of the court companies. And I think his boss was asking him some questions and said, you know, so what about this question? And the guy kind of went red and said, oh, I don't know. So he sent some... Um, he basically employed someone to go to France and do some to research, research to answer it. this question specifically, who did a PhD on it. What I love about it is it's the same in whiskey. They all use the same yeast in whiskey, distiller's yeast. And I won't bore the listeners too much with the science of it, but I didn't really understand how why they wouldn't use different yeast. And there, mm. the, the general consensus was, look, we don't understand everything about yeah. this. We don't understand how the yeast will performed by the end of the distillation and what happens with the wood interaction there are still a lot of mysteries in all of these things whiskey and wine the fact that we've been using that for centuries and people have just found out it's but also it's this idea that there's you can control so much Mm. and then there's this last small element that is linked to romance because let's be honest even i as a consumer of wine Mm totally understand that the, what the screw cap delivers and the benefits of it and the fact that what is it one in 12 bottles um could be caught it's about five percent 
Right. Okay. Mm. That might be one in twenty. <laughs> one in twenty. <laughs> one in twenty. Either way. Good maths. <laughs> that was not bad. Yeah, you got um, away with it. GCSE. <laughs> C. One out of so one out of twenty. Mm. Even though that's a high hit rate. Mm. If I had a bottle of uh, red and it was a screw cap and a bottle of red that was cork and they were the same price, you go for the cork. I still go Every for the cork just because it looks. This... Unless of course I was going to drink it al fresco on my own on a bench. But now I'm starting to wonder how those courts go in and the process of that and how that might differ and how that might actually affect wine quality. It's really complicated and basically the closure is not meant to affect the sensory aspect of the wine. But again, it's something looking into it at the moment. So they've did this whole oxygen thing and now I think they think that there might be a bit of sort of phenolic influence that the closure does somehow affect the wine a bit and also creates new chemical compounds. So actually might make the wine more complex, mm. um, might hinder bitterness and do all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so the second part of this, part B, is really interesting, which going back to your comment on the cork of wine, they have worked out how to make the TCA, which mm. makes the wine uh, court basically non-detectable. So they've basically employed a system of gas chromatography to be able to scan the premium corks and they... See whether it's got anything in it. Yeah, because actually TCA is so powerful that even at something like three nanograms, a nanogram being a thousand millionths of a gram, you can detect TCA. So they've managed to get it down to 0.5 nanograms, (laughs) which is basically (laughs) non-detectable. That doesn't sound like a lot. So basically, they have managed to... Do a non-detectable TCA guarantee on corks that go through that particular line that you 100% won't get a corked wine. I think that's amazing. And but that took like ten million investment. And what? what, Hang on, ten million euros. Okay, Okay, two more questions about corks. Yep. First one. (laughs) No, you can't ask that, Ben. No, no. (laughs) The first one is: What would happen if they soaked a cork in? port or something before putting it in to the bottle like could you flavor the wine could you or let's say they wanted more <laughs> black currant flavor could you soak that in black currant okay no okay second question <laughs> i thought you were gonna come that with that a response well i'll get a <laughs> what about ribena ribena and secondly i once wrote a thing about uh, corks and mm. uh, spoke to someone in portugal mm. and i bang on about birds no i was in Ladies, but right. birds going on oh, flora and fauna. Just the fact that, but there are some birds that rely on cork trees, and I couldn't work out whether he was saying the cork producers are cutting down these trees and the birds have got nowhere to live, or that if we got rid of the cork, the latter, the latter. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's basically a massive ecological area, yeah. and it supports loads of wildlife. And so, I think the angle there would be. Um, it's incredibly important. These forests sustain loads of life, and if there was no cork and the forests mm. weren't used, and they got houses built on them yeah, instead, it then, to be then that, way around, then that yeah. would be gone. So yeah, so it's just. Um, it, I mean, what else is cork used for? 
Oh my god, I know all about that. <laughs> Aeroplanes, uh, spaceships, trains, what? shoes, canoes, yeah, boats, yeah, insulation, floors. Did you know in a Sagrada so, Familia in Barcelona, it's got a cork floor? Uh, floor, yeah, cork floor. Masses. Floor. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. going to say placemats and floor. <laughs> They were my two. And boats. So the birds are going to be all right. Even if the wine industry went, oh, we're going to go screw cap. It's these really smart natural corks that are the key thing you take from the cork. That's the industry. And then it's everything else is almost like the... the, Do you know my worst one? The worst is those synthetic corks. I hate them. The plastic ones. Yeah, I hate them. I'm sure they're good. They're always harder to get out. Yeah. And also, there's just something. I agree. They yeah, look I'm like not, something. Not they fan. look like a suppository. Yeah. Mm. They yeah. do plug a gap. They do. So. Yeah. And that's it. That's my spit well and swallow. Done. Corking. Well done. It was corking. <laughs> yes. Uh, thanks, boys. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Tom Sandham from The Thinking Drinkers and you are listening to It's The Drink Talking. Welcome back to It's The Drink Talking. We are now moving over to Ben McFarlane for some beer. Welcome everybody because we are now going to be going on a little journey. All of us, Sam, Tom, myself and the listeners, we're going to go to Yorkshire. Oh, aye, man. Reet. No, that's, no, that's <laughs> wrong. Reet. Reet. No. T- nice. No, can't do the accent. Reet. Um, Reet's all right, isn't it? Reet. No. Nice up there. No. It's Rugby League. Tut Leeds. Tut Leeds. Rugby League. Yeah. So, before we alienate all of them, famous for pudding. Yep. Love pudding, it. Yorkshire it's tea. It's a pancake. God's own uh, Great country. beers. 5.3 million people live in Yorkshire, and there are more than 100 breweries, but it's not just the quantity of the breweries in Yorkshire. The quality of brewery in Yorkshire, I didn't intend to do this, but I was looking at all the good breweries that were making good stuff, and all of them seemed to be in Yorkshire, and then I thought, hang on, there's a feature here, guys. Yeah. And what I think they do very well is they kept the roots and tradition. So they sort of pay homage to tradition, but they, they're 
very, very happy to go and experiment and be quite innovative. And you've got some amazing breweries, traditional breweries. You've got Sam Smith's. Yep. You know the Sam Smith pub, very cheap beer, but can be good. Can be pretty bad as well, I'll be honest. It fluctuates, but they've got a great history. You've got Black Sheep, amazing brewery, Theakston's, and of course, historically, you've got Tetley and Timothy Taylor. Tim Taylor. Tim oh, Taylor, landlord. Do you know whose favourite drink that is? Which female pop star? Madonna. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> you kind of. Which female pop, which female pop star from the 80s who had a hit yeah. about holidays? Yeah, so when she was going out with um, Guy Ritchie, mm. going out, they were married, I think, were they? They, were they married. did get married, yeah. Yeah, um, and she, when she went to that flat cap kind of oh, yeah. that era. Uh, era, she said that her favourite drink was Timothy Taylor Landlord, and they put it on all their lorries, and it mm. was a big thing. She drank it in the Dog and Duck on Bateman Street in yeah. Soho, yeah. which is a lovely pub. But, you know, I was in there the other day, and they didn't... I would look for the Landlord, because it used to always be on there. I couldn't see it. But they are, it's still a classic. It's this is still a great, a, it's great one of the world point. classics, and it's still very oh, good. I don't think I've had it. Try it. Give it a go. But, Just um, try it. And then you've got Sheffield and York and Leeds, all My these... My sister all... lives in Sheffield. Okay, that's good, thanks. Uh, <laughs> which one? Which My, one? We've My identical have... twin sister. There She's the one go. who um, is a doctor? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you're ill Siblings? in Sheffield, <laughs> uh, then she's the one to go to. But um, <laughs> other breweries that are up there that are worth exploring, and there's Kirkstall, Roosters, been around oh, for ages, Roosters, really good. Red um, well, their Yankee Red IPA was yeah, one Yankee of those, yeah, which yes. is very good, very aromatic. Mm, they were one of the first breweries in the UK to really embrace the sort of American aromatic style. Sean Franklin, who was the original founder, once did a tasting with him where he only used his nose. Which is quite interesting. Oh, cool. And then you've got Magic Rock in Huddersfield. We've got one of their beers here, but we're going to taste another two. But they've got one called Salty Kiss, which is a gooseberry goose. We are tasting ghost. that. Oh, you want to taste that? Okay. Really want to taste All that. right, we can do that. Yeah. Um, you've got we'll Ilkley, Kellam Island, who are yeah, uh, Dave Wickett, one yeah. of the f- real driving force in Sheffield behind the craft brewing scene up there. And you've got Northern Monk Summer Wine, named after last of the summer wine. Oh, okay. You know, remember that series where they, they used to go down the hill in a bath? What's amazing about um, Yorkshire as well is just the, the amount of bars up there that specialise in craft beer. Uh, you've got Sheffield Tap, Tap Lees, York Tap. We, we perform at the Great Yorkshire Fringe and they do some amazing beers as well. You've got some amazing shop beer, Ritz and Leeds, Hop Hideout in Sheffield and House of Trembling Madness in York as well is a wonderful place. Now, we've long been fans, uh, the thinking drinkers, of Leeds as a drinking destination. Began up there for ages. Tom, in fact, had his stag do I did there. have my stag do uh, there. He was, had Jake's uh, Bar, Mojo. Jägermeister on my table mm. for courtesy of Mal at Mojo, which is another great bar. But one of the best beer bars is the North mm. Bar in Leeds, and it was started by a man called Christian Townsley, who is involved in North Brewing, and they have collaborated. What's amazing up there as well, there seems to be a huge community of collaborative brewers that are helping each other out. There's obviously rivalry, as there are in any business, but they realise that a rising tide lifts all boats, I think, is the, uh, the Especially if they're made of cork. Uh, especially if they're made of cork, yes. Um, and pretty much all the beers we have are in cans, which wouldn't have happened. Two, no, they are ago. nice cans as well. They're lovely You've can. got nice cans there. So um, this is called Hit the North, and it's a collaboration between the North Brewing Company from Thanks. that Christian's involved in. Who's one of the good guys in the beer business. He's a very nice chap. And Northern Monk. It's an IPA made with different styles of hops and blended with single-origin coffee beans from the North Star Coffee Roasters based in Leeds. It's quite punchy. Crikey. Mm. That is interesting. 
So it's and a it's coffee IPA, a white coffee, and they do a black really one. Can I now really taste coffee nice. on the finish because you said coffee? You, you can or defi- is there there's really what, coffee on there? There's bitterness. And there's bitterness. There's a bitter finish that you get. Yeah. But you would get it from hops, but there's a different kind of bitterness that you get from coffee in there. That's yeah. really interesting. I think it's really interesting because when I first read it, I was like, coffee white IPA. When I used to be a wine buyer and people would come and present me with their wines and I just didn't know what to say because I didn't like it, I'd go, yeah, that's really interesting. And like, that was my get-out comment on anything. I didn't really okay. know what to say. But presumably that, you actually that, mean it's actually really interesting. No, that is really Does that work? Is that when you say, when I'm thoughtful. telling you about like a legend and lick, you go, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes say, wow. So wow. if listeners are picking that, <laughs> that's when I don't really mean yeah. anything. <laughs> so if you've heard me say that to either of these two listeners, if you hear wow, it means I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> it's distinctive, that's for sure. This is one of the out-there collaborations mm. and... And um, it's really nice. And really nice. so this one's brewed at the North Brewing Company, and then there's a black coffee IPA brewed at Northern Monk. And if you put the cans together, mm. they form a map. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark wow. or something. That is good. <laughs> that is cool. No. That, that is, is good. That is I cool. like that a lot. That's, that's, that's really, really imaginative. And, and, that it, is, and, it, and, wow. it, and it routes uh, the map between the two breweries, going via some some of Yorkshire's biggest uh, attractions, yeah, that is cool. of which include. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went to, oh, I've got one. Oh, Lee, Lee, Yorkshire Lee Sculpture Park. And, uh, and, the, and the Grand Theatre. Yorkshire yeah. Sculpture Park. And Kent Stunning. Castle. Yeah. Which you think is in Kent. Like Leeds oh, no. Castle. Let's name map it. Leeds <laughs> oh, Castle. Oh, no, Leeds in Castle's Kent. in Kent. That's <laughs> it. Shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not for me. I've got to be honest. No, you don't I really like, like it. I really well, like it. You're I always don't... ruining my beer tastings. Um, You're always like, oh, that's a bit... No, but sometimes they are a bit challenging, Sorry. but that's challenging. But um, that's, I, I think okay, I that's don't a... drink coffee, and basically I'd rather have an espresso martini. Okay. Yeah, well, that is a good drink. I it's... don't dislike it, but if I went to a pub and said, oh, can I just have a taste of that before getting a pint, I would not then go on and you get a pint. You don't have to drink a pint of it, Sam. Have you uh... learned nothing from the uh, last okay. ten weeks? <laughs> I was just weeks? trying to be cool and rather than going, if I was going to get a half a pint... Yeah, no, all right, right, okay. You can have a half. You can have a half. But you can also You're have a ice cubes in your wine if you want. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, okay, okay, so maybe I've done this wrong way around, but... Well, going for, the, going for the heaviest one first. Well, now this is a nice palate cleanser. This is from the Vocation Brewery. And can I just say that the Northern Monk Brewery, which are, they do some really good stuff as well. They do lots of collaborations. They're really good at working with local community, working with local artists, painters, musicians. They even have done a beer with a local fell runner who's called, he had a wicked name, he was called Ricky Lightfoot. No oh. way. He I must have changed that legally. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just have a look. Did, I'm just I read in the paper the day about a nanny who changed her name to Mary Poppins. Really? But on Depot. That's a bit sinister, isn't it? Because you're going to get got... a lot of work with not necessarily the right credentials. I'm sure she's got the right credentials. I yeah, no, she know. was. She, I think she had a lot of experience. Okay. And I think she thought it was quite cool. Can I just say, I recognise this. I think we have some of these beers in our fridge. Do they also have a beer called Pride and Joy? Yes, they do. This mm. is the Vocation Brewery. Yeah. They've really sort of come up in the last couple of years. Really good brewery based in Hebden Bridge. Which we know well, Ben. We, we do. performed we, our show there, we, didn't we? performed we? our show there. Oh, it's a brilliant place. They've got the Trade Union Club there. Big shout out to the Trade Union Club. Uh, <laughs> I just Go comrades. Just want to... Listeners, Sam has tried this beer. <laughs> she, don't even like she that. hasn't said like that one. very interesting. Oh wow, she's just pulled a face. Right now, I want to give Taste you. Taste of acorns. Now, 
<laughs> well, cool. it's we aimed know. directly at squirrels. So there you are. <laughs> so you didn't know that. You know when the Tour de France started in Yorkshire? No. They, Whoa. Well, they did. Oh. And it started up and the first big climb in the Tour of in Yorkshire was at the top of Craigvale. And it's located up there. And they've done really well. The brewer sort of cut his teeth in Nottingham at a place called the Blue Monkey Brewery. And they do wonderful beers. And a lot of them are based around the sort of aromatic West Coast hops, which Tom and I, having written a book, Good Beer Guide West Coast USA, buy it, all good bookshops. No, no very well. No, do ben, please do. Ben, I've got a question about your palate. <laughs> okay. Since we've been doing this podcast, we've been treated to, I think, beer with bread, beer with urine, beer with poo. No, we haven't done a beer with poo. Was it not? The, the what? Water well, the irrigation. The, field, the, the wee were. irrigation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm sure there was something else. Well, anyway, we've had some quite extreme beers. Do you have quite extreme beer tastes? Good um, point, actually. We're tasting a lot of beers, aren't <laughs> well, we? That quite are can I, can I, can beer geeks, I will answer I that question in the context of the tasting of the beer we have in front of us. Because mm. this is called Heart and Soul. And this is a session IPA. Session IPA means... Well, well IPA is American Parallel. I have learnt that. India Parallel. What did I say? American. That'd be APA. That'd be Indian Pale Ale. Yes. I thought a session beer meant it was a lower alcohol, so you can have more of a session. It is. 4.4%. So it doesn't necessarily affect the flavour, does it? It's the flavour that's big. What they've done Mm. here is they've maintained that real aromatic, Mm. big, hot, forward Mm. profile, but without the alcohol. But that is genius. Which is a very hard thing to do, and I Mm. think they do it very well. It still is very floral and fragrant, Mm. and again, if you're not used to that Mm. or some people find it too fragrant a bit like I suppose in the wine world you might say it's a A bit like a or a a Kiwi Sauvignon Blanc Mm. uh, yeah 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 yeah, 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 absolutely Um, what I do there is I'd have that one I'd go back to the other one so because the other one all the fruit is really coming through in it now it's quite smoky that vocation I don't know what that is Ben the smoky bitterness about it I just get tropical fruit on this you don't get any of that smoke Mm -mm. it's like a smoky malt to it I find it really nutty mm. on the finish, really, really nutty. Well, what's interesting is how many different flavour profiles we're going through here for a 4.4% beer. They've done a lot of work there. Oh, anyway, I think it's, so um, it's it's a talking point. I wish we just quickly. Yeah, I want to try that one. Right, why is it called? Gonna, why is it called that? The salty kiss because mm. Ghost or Gosa mm. is a beer style that's long been forgotten. Comes from Leipzig. And it traditionally mean was brewed with salt and coriander. Mm. Let me just pour. This is a gooseberry ghost. I've not meaning what? Why is it called gooseberry ghost? Because it would have gooseberry in it. Yeah, really? It's kind of sour. It's mm. refreshing. Is this I from imagine. Yorkshire as well? This is from Yorkshire. This is from Magic Rock, who are based in Huddersfield, who have just been promoted to the Premiership. This is going to be. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like it, Sam. Oh God, Sam. <laughs> oh, maybe I just think Sam just doesn't. Well, like I don't it. like gooseberries. Okay. Um, well, look, I've, I've spent enough long. time being one in life, and <laughs> oh, I don't really like a, a sour gooseberry. So I can understand why putting that into a beer is going to be challenging. Can we do for wheat beers? I do next actually time quite like that like... beer, but that's... look. Oh my God. Do you love it? Well, well it's hardly the syrup. But this. Chilled in a champagne flute would be lovely. No, it's nice. It's champagne in a champagne flute would oh, be even tastier. <laughs> I tell you what, be. though, what's really interesting about all three of those is how completely distinctly yeah. different they all are. Yeah. Hebden Bridge, Leeds, Huddersfield. Okay. The point I'm trying to make really is that Yorkshire is synonymous with traditional bitters and car scales. You know, you think about walking across the Yorkshire moors and go to a pub, you're going to get a really nice traditional pint. But then 
on top of that, another layer of innovation and entrepreneurial verve with all these amazing breweries up there doing some really wacky stuff. And they do the good stuff well as well. Roosters, especially, I think, is doing some good, really good stuff and traditionally they've in the past. A really basic question. Go on, go on, right. I thought ale wasn't fizzy. The difference between ale and lager, mm. to distill it down into its most basic mm. thing, is the way it is conditioned and the yeast that is used to ferment it. Now, uh, lager is fermented with the lager yeast mm. and it's uh, fermented at colder conditions. And the lager yeast will have a much more functional role within the fermentation. Yep. So it will eat up the sugars, expel alcohol done, and CO2 on, and die. very quietly spoken, yeah. very rarely leave any flavour off the back of it. And ale yeast will do the same thing, but it performs better at warm temperatures and will float mm. to the top of the beer once it's done. So it's called top fermenting. Mm. And that will often leave a, a fruitier version ah, of and a bit so more flavours. You talked about wheat beers or vice mm. beers earlier. What are they? They are That was an <laughs> ale, but it's, it's brewed with a proportion of wheat. Mm. But the yeast often, especially with German vice beer, the yeast they use there will give off a really estuary, banana-y, mm. clove-type flavour to it. The That's yeast like. is a phenomenal thing. With I love yeast. They're just, like in wine, they're just so amazing. They are they just amazing. They're fun- so fundamental. But they are wonderfully the distinctive. If you think about how yeah. many people must buy, what you were talking about with the previous podcast about the Birmingham Post and, yeah. and beers recommended for festivals. And a lot of lots of lager can be pretty innocuous, right? Mm. So it's amazing to see these craft beers with tons of flavour and they are so distinctive. And well, yeah, you've got one that's coffee, one for me that was like nuts and one that was salt. Yeah. Like you say, they're bold, they're distinct, and they're quite brave. And if you're going to be an independent small brewery, you can't really make taste-alike beers. No, the big guys and beautifully packaged. Yeah. They've all gone for really distinct packaging. All yeah. three of them oh, look, they look great. great. They look great on the shelf. There's this really, beer, really memorable. L- lastly, the North Brewing Double IPA. Well, I think that that's nice. one of the, yeah, the so best good. labels. What is it, an owl? I think, it, I think it looks like a cat. It's 8.5%, so... Crikey, um, Riley, it's like a glass of wine. Yeah. yeah. One of the best cans I've seen Crikey. on the market. So basically, it's this beer. It's an orange, white and black can with this like, hilarious little kind of graphic yeah, cat thing good. on. Anyway, it's very cute. So if you're in Leeds, drink and, beer. And go to the North Bar. North Bar and Leeds have been doing cool craft beer long before it was And where could you buy these beers so. from if you didn't want to go up north? Well, Vocation, I got it from the Royal Whiskey Exchange in uh, Holborn. Okay. But you can get them online. North Brewing Company, go onto their website. They've got lots of different places to sell them. Mm-hmm. So, yes, like I said, I mentioned lots of brewers before, around the Yorkshire area. I mean, Sheffield, I think, is probably the capital of the craft brewing scene in the UK. Never knew How that. about that? Well, thanks, Ben. That mm. was very interesting. And actually, you're right. <laughs> That's I do, ruining it. No, I do mean... Inter- when, when I'm with... Wow. When I'm yeah. with you, <laughs> I actually do mean that. It's very interesting. Don't worry. Next week, Sam, I'll bring some cooking lagers, which I'm sure you'll... Uh, you'll Can't just, wait. Yeah. So... Thanks, Ben. That was brilliant. It was, wasn't it? Uh, really enjoyed that. Learned a lot. Namely, that I didn't like any of them. But <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They're delicious. Very distinctive. And um, now... Distinctive. We have Tom. Oh. It's your Legend of Liquor today. It is. What have you got for us? I'm going to talk about a legend of tequila. And I'm going to talk mm. about a lady. A lady who is arguably not real. She's a goddess. 
Uh, and her name is Maya Hall, and uh, she was an Aztec goddess, the goddess of fertility. She was worshipped in the 13th century, a deity who proffered pubescence and watched over wombs. And she manifested herself as the magui plant or um, the agave. Mm -hmm. But perhaps the most important element of her story is that she had 400 breasts. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's a, lot, it's of a lot of breasts. And she had 400 children. And I think really she, she went through a lot of bad times, uh, like a lot of deities. She's, there are stories about her betrayals and, um, and martyrdom painful deaths. She went through a fair amount of that. But having 400 breasts, I'm sure you would agree, is probably the biggest burden um, no, she no, had no, no. to manage. The 400 children. Well, the fact that she had 400 children and that she fed them with these breast thorns. Oh, a massive coincidence that uh, her breasts mirrored the exact number of children she had. But really, you'd only need 200 kids for 400 breasts, wouldn't you, really? Because you take turns on each breast. We yeah. all have children and we've all witnessed the breastfeed. So if for no <laughs> other reason today we should celebrate Hall for her <laughs> breastfeeding um, you, you need one of those a very big kind of muslin. Capes. But breasts are only part of the story, as impressive as they are. But she did start life as the goddess of fertility and feeling fertile, as she no doubt did. She got involved in another god, the god of medicine, who's called Patacatl. Excuse my uh, pronunciation. Your Aztec is... It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Um, he was playing pat a cake on her love bumps. And um, the grandmother of, of Maya Hall was pretty cheesed off about all of this. And uh, she set a load of demons out on this pair, and it wasn't good. <laughs> on one uh, pair? Yeah. 200 pairs. 200 pairs on the uh, pair of people. And well, she didn't have the breasts at this stage. She was just a normal chick. And um, she got off with this guy, and Grandma wasn't happy. So they hunted them down, and they turned them into a tree, and uh, it was all messy <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've all been there. Um, Boy meets girl. And it's she an was buried, the branches were buried, and much like Jesus in one of the more familiar stories, Maya Hall rose again. But when she did, she came back as this plant. And then she had the 400 children, and then she, when she came out, she had all her breasts, which are on an agave plant, all those different spines. So that's, oh, okay. this is where the story starts to relate closer to the agave plant. Now, for listeners who don't know what the agave plant is... The agave is the central ingredient to tequila. Now, she was a very important person in Aztec culture. They worshipped her in the form of this agave, and they used the agave for everything in their in their life. So they made shoes out of it, they made needles for sewing, they made clothes. Bit like cork. Roots. It was a very much like cork. It was a very important plant, but most importantly, they baked it, and then they squeezed out the juices, which were sugary, and they allowed them to naturally ferment, and that gave them pulque, pulque, a fermented agave juice. And this was what came out of Hall's breasts, purportedly. She this milk was an alcoholic. God that so keeps on giving. It's amazing. Oh out God. of her boobies <laughs> came, came booze. Yeah. I mean, those are some boozy boobies. Maybe not so good for their children. Uh, well, well, they, they were, well. But, yeah. but should stress there as well, they were rabbits. Uh, they weren't actual children, yeah. they were rabbits. <laughs> and the bunnies, the little bunnies, became the gods of intoxication. 
Um, the Aztecs had gods for everything. They this had a is god. the trippiest story Isn't I've it ever weird? heard. And in they had, my they, they had gods for everything. They had a god for a hangover, as well as all these gods for different forms of intoxication. Pretty crazy this time. Mix- so this is this is a Mexican goddess. Yeah, yeah. Aztecs. Yeah. The, well, sort of the, the Americas. I mean, yeah, their okay. culture spread. Latin America. Up. Yeah, got it. So, well, it spread into various. In fact, across the borders into North America and further south, it was a big part of their ritual. This agave, and they drank this alcoholic beverage so that they could get closer to the gods. So they could actually communicate with the gods, which was the forerunner, really, for tequila. And agave is still at the centre of that story. Now, the, the Spanish came over, the conquistadors, they butchered all the Aztecs, killed off all this amazing culture that they had. Thanks, thanks, guys. A bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, a bit. bit of a downer. But they made brandy and they brought distillation techniques with them in the 17th century. And when they found this pulque, they weren't so into it, but they distilled the Aztec pulque and that's what gave us tequila. So in that sense, Maya Hall is the mother of tequila, which makes her a very important person. The agave is still right at the centre of that story. It's an incredible ingredient. It comes from the asparagus family. So it is in tequila. The agave is fundamental to tequila. And they still bake these agaves in the same way that the Aztecs would have done and then crush out the juices to ferment. So that process still exists. And pulque is still drunk in Mexico. But then they would distill it. I heard that pulque now in Mexico is becoming a bit of a cult drink again, in the same way that these things go in circles. Well, if you go and to that yeah. people, obviously it's in very small pockets. Yeah, and it's a roadside drink. It's mm. a bit like if you go to the Caribbean and you and you find sort of fermented cane juices or scrumpy in Somerset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all that. At the heart of tequila, there's still this sort of rustic agricultural process, and these agaves grow for seven to twelve years. Men go out into the fields to pick them by hand, hemadors, and they use a, a hema tool, which is like a hoe, and they cut off all the spiky leaves, and they get the big peñas, and they take them down to bake them. Peñas, <laughs> massive peñas they are, and they bake them just as they would back in the Aztec time. And if it wasn't for Maya Hall and all her crazy shenanigans, who knows whether the agave would have been quite as revered as it was. Patacatl, he went on Did and he... he gave us mescaline. <laughs> so, so, you know, he so went he got, the other way. He got detreed and gave <laughs> he, us something he else. He came back as something else, which is a bit more mind-bending and yeah. uh, don't do drugs. Drugs are for mugs. But do drink tequila. Yeah, she's got her knockers. But we like her. Indeed. <laughs> nice one, and That was fascinating. Good. And concise. That's what I liked yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Ish. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Uh, excellent. And that does conclude today's podcast. Well done, everyone. I think there was some great energy in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Considering that, you know, good I was info. with you guys. <laughs> Good info, good information. Yeah. 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 If you've enjoyed this podcast and like to learn more about drink, then you can see Ben and Tom, the Thinking Drinkers, in our live show where we'll be tasting alcohol and making you laugh. We're on tour. All dates and ticket prices can be found on our website, www.thinkingdrinkers.com. Please buy a ticket. And if you want any more wine information, then go to my site, www.themistressofwine.com. Okay, then, so all that remains, I think, is to um, say goodbye. Tune in for the next one. And thanks very much. Bye. Cheers. Cheerio. This was a Grand Cru podcast from Seven Digital. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 